professional wrestling superstar, champion, entrepreneur, author, and show host. Feeds you more interviews, more stories, more information, and more laughs than ever before. <laughs> Conversation with the big guy, Ryback, with JD and Asian Joe, starts now. Welcome to Conversation with the Big Guy Ryback. I am the Big Guy Ryback, and this week. I have brought on a very, very special guest that I had the privilege to meet a couple, two or three months ago. And uh, here on the podcast, as you know, we like to, uh, we have the, the wrestling interviews, people in the health and fitness world. I also want to talk to people that in different sectors uh, of, the, of the universe that uh, have really unique jobs to me. And the person I, I have on today is their lifestyle is actually extremely similar to a professional wrestler's lifestyle on the road and being on the road all the time. I have Kui Polani Brown, a flight attendant from United Airlines, my favorite airline, no joke. How are you doing today? I'm so <laughs> great. How are you, Ryback? Oh, don't get all professional on me now, Kui. Kui Polani, sorry. Stop. No, I'm, ex- I'm excited. <laughs> you said I said my name so professional. I did, Mrs. Kui Polani Brown. Um, it's... When I met you and you told me you were a flight attendant, I had so many questions for you on it because being a guy that has uh, traveled for a good portion of my life, it is, uh, and seeing me not being a huge fan of flying um, per se for multiple different reasons, um, when you told me you were a flight attendant, I just instantly thought, I was like, because you're very nice. You are a, uh, you are a very good person. And, but yeah. I, had, I had fears when I had first met you that that you, <laughs> that that you were going to have real anger issues because of constantly dealing with these people. I, I legitimately it was going through my head because I was like, you are subjected to being to so much, and I have so many questions for you as we as we go on with this show today. But but I wanted to ask, what got you in? Like, what made you want to be a flight attendant? Did you did you have did you have any expectations uh, going in? Um, so my mom's a flight attendant. She's been a flight attendant for most of my life. So I kind of grew up in the lifestyle, the whole industry um, of flying. I just, I've, I've been exposed to it my whole life. So, um, you know, just kind of, she pretty much influenced me into it. I was actually in nursing school when I decided to do it. So it was completely not in my plans at all. Um, but she kind of talked me into it, and here I am, two and a half years later, still doing it. I I I don't see myself doing anything here for a while, so that's how I got into it. Did she warn you at all of like anything? Did did she did she smarten you up to anything, or did she say just kind of give you the the positives? Oh my God, no! I knew all the dirty, gross people. I knew all about the rude people. I mean, she would come home and complain about these people all the time. I was very well aware of what I was going to be getting myself into when I started flying. Why do you think people are so angry? Because that's something I noticed going through the airports. And, and there's, I have various 
theories on it, why on all of it, because in, in TSA and, and all of that and going through yeah. and the airplanes, it's like we're, they push a lot of people into a really confined space. And there's all sorts of, usually too, with uh, travel and delays and, and problems, people just seem to be angry. But I feel like sometimes because we're all so close to each other and humans, I don't feel like are meant to be that close to each other uh, as far as being strangers. <laughs> But, but why do you think people are so angry? What, or what's the number one thing you think from your experience, what you've seen so far? Honestly, I think people are just, it's a very stressful thing for people to travel. And I can tell you in the summertime and holidays, uh, all flight attendants kind of make a joke about, oh, holiday travelers, summer travelers, spring break travelers, because You know, a lot of people only travel once or twice a year. Like a normal person will go on, you know, one, maybe two vacations a year. And I think it's just a very stressful time for them. And so when you throw in, you know, like you said, TSA in the mix and delays and being crammed in with a bunch of other people in such a tiny space, I think it just causes a lot of anxiety and stress on people, which makes them kind of just mean. I don't know. Um, That's kind of what I've come to the conclusion of, I don't know what it actually is because it also seems like a lot of common sense flies out the window when they step onto the airplane. Um, but I think just for the most part, it's just stressful for people, um, which contributes, you know, the most to how people behave. Yeah. And I, I agree with you on that. Do you think going through like for you and flying all the time, how many days a week are you on the road typically? Um, flying. I'm usually flying about six days a week. So and you, you have to go through TSA yourself, right? Oh my God. No, that's the best part about my job. Really? I do not go through security. How, no. I always thought but, you guys had to go through TSA that you don't. No. I mean, to be a flight attendant or a pilot, the amount of background checks you have to go through to get cleared, to be part of the job is ridiculous. Every background check you can think of, you have to clear. Um, How long so is that process? Because of all those, um, my background checks took about six months. Okay. Um, we get fingerprinted, everything. So it takes quite a while. They go in depth of every single thing you've ever been through in your life. Were they much. suspicious of you at all going in? Because you you are a very <laughs> dangerous looking person at times. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't, I guess I like tricked them. I don't know. I, I never, <laughs> that's good to know. Flag, so <laughs> the, so, so that's a what, good thing, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. When, when you, so what is the process for you when you show up to work? Um, so I usually have to show up about an hour ahead of time. Um, just, you know, I wait at the gate. We have to go on board, perform. Cause you know, flight attendants, everyone thinks, yeah, we're just, Sky waitresses, which is so not the. the is that uh, the perception the that people um, have? Yes, it's ridiculous. I'm like, no, I got two days out of eight weeks of training, of service. The rest of it is all safety. So we get on the plane, we perform all our safety checks. You know, we have equipment on board you would never think we had. You know, you know, if, if someone were to go into labor on the airplane, we yeah. have equipment to where I can deliver someone's baby on the plane. If someone passes out or anything. So we have to check all the equipment, oxygen tanks, fire extinguishers, handcuffs. I mean, we've got to check all the safety equipment before anyone's allowed to board the aircraft. 
um, once we do that, then we can board and go on about the flight. That is, I was going to ask you about that because of the amount of flights. What is the average amount of flights uh, for an air for an aircraft per day? I guess it would depend on the routes, but I've always heard of like the. I've always kind of just in flying all the time that like how dirty are airplanes when you, you like the seats and oh the, my God. the people because you guys the, the cleaning crew. <laughs> I've seen that cleaning crew come on when I sit at the back of the plane. Yeah. And it's very, it's uh-huh. a very quick cleanup, <laughs> but oh yeah, it's like, and I've heard like, or like, are the because the, the the food trays and things like that, those things. How often do those actually get cleaned? I have. <laughs> this is so gross, and people I don't think realize this. When cleaners come on board, they have fifteen minutes to clean the entire plane. Yeah. So, you know, their main priority is trash, vacuum the floors cross the seatbelts, clean the bathrooms, and get out of there. So, no, those tray tables are not wiped down. Um, so when I see people, like, resting their heads on them, yeah. I just I can't help but cringe because I have seen some nasty things on those tray tables. Speak. So what is, if you had to say, what is the nastiest thing or the nastiest two things you've seen on the tray tables that, that we all are exposed to when we're flying? Uh, this is going to blow your mind and people are probably not going to believe me, but I literally saw this two days ago. Nobody believes anything I say, so don't worry. (laughs) I have to take video footage because people like seriously think I'm lying. So, um, two days ago I was flying, um, from Newark, New Jersey to Denver, Colorado. And this lady puts her tray table down, sticks her foot on it and starts clipping her toenails. I kid you not. Yeah, that um, is so that's one. Wait, she's <laughs> clipping her toenails on the food tray. On the tray table. Yes. This. <laughs> I. Uh huh. That I mean, what what were other oh. people doing? Oh no, people were like looking around. I had to stop her because that is just not okay. I mean, I. People do gross things, you know, like walk in the bathroom barefoot and stuff. I won't really say anything uh, most of the time, but that that is crossing the line. Also, no, another you, thing no I've socks on. Someone, no, and I have actual <laughs> proof of that one, and it's so disturbing. Because I'm just like, do you think you are stepping on water? Because during turbulence, people are missing the toilet. You are not walking on water. Like, oh, yeah. that is pee you're stepping on. Yeah, those bathrooms yeah. can. I've seen some uh, some pretty bad bathrooms on airlines. Those, especially on the long oh, flights. Yeah, it's yes. Oh my god, we all the flight attendants carry their own um, like very concentrated spray because it it honestly becomes like so unbearable sometimes. The things that people do in those bathrooms, it is so bad. Yeah, that is well. Humans are. I see that just anywhere you go, like if you like gyms or anything, humans are pretty disgusting. I, I like to, I'm not, uh, I'm not yeah. the cleanest person in the world. I keep everything pretty clean and, uh, and organized and, but, but not everybody is like that. And, uh, I've seen that no. when you put a bunch of people in a confined space on an aircraft. It's, um, I always wondered that with the flight attendants, cause you guys literally see everything. This is why this is so interesting to me. What else have oh, you seen? Oh, it's an absolute circus. When the when the lady on the on the toenails, did you had to confront her on that? 
Absolutely. I'm not going to let her sit there and clip her toenails. It's disgusting. No one wants to see that. What was her response? What if it, like, a, she was like, oh, okay. I mean, she was embarrassed, but I'm like, if she clipped it and, like, <laughs> what if it flew off light. and went into someone's drink? Yeah, that's, those things. <laughs> it's not you, okay. <laughs> when you clip your toenails, those things, they don't, I mean, they can go flying. Let's uh, poke somebody in the eye. <laughs> And it certainly wasn't going to land in my drink. So, yes, I stopped her. Wow. I wasn't <laughs> expecting that for number um, one. What's the second worst one you've seen? <laughs> no, because my other one is so bad. Ugh. What's the other one? So, oh, my other shoot. one, I was flying from Newark, New Jersey, to, I believe it was London. And this couple they had a baby and they started changing their baby's diaper on the tray table yeah um that's that one was really gross can you imagine you're the person that gets on the flight after that and you just plop that that tray down and you just you just take a nap right on it and baby oh my that's what i say like when people rest their faces on there i'm just like Oh, I'm like, please do not touch those. I wonder if that's how I got pink eye before, because I used to sleep on those. Uh, I'd put them down. And many years ago in WWE, it was uh, I got pink eye in my first year, and uh, my eye, it was bad. And I remember uh, Daniel Bryan, one of the wrestlers. He's he's a real pun intended disturber. His theory was is that I I didn't wash my hands and then rubbed my eyes. And it was uh, that he loves to tell that story, and it, with with it has holds zero truth behind it. Um, but it was. I wonder if it was from. Could be from anything in all honesty. But that's it's pretty disgusting. Uh, it could have very well been from the airplane. Yeah. I was in at the people making messes because I you, you sent me an image the other day when I asked you if you wanted to come on, and you, like, you sent me an image of the torn up. Um, the, the flight manual or the, <laughs> the safety uh, safety, card. Man, safety card and uh, yeah they do do people quite often is it usually babies because I remember when I was a server people with kids man kids can cause some some real damage in a real short amount of time there'd be broken crayon pieces and Cheerios and just all over I, I knew whenever a kid was at a table like some parents can control it and have a and others just don't give a and let their kids do whatever oh, they yeah. want. So I was going to, do you see a lot of that? Oh, absolutely. There are some, I've, I've had kids on my flight who were literally about to land. Like when I say literally about to land, like our landing gear is out and we are touching down any second. It is yeah. not safe for anyone to be up. I have literally had kids running up and down the aisle when we're about to land where I have physically like had to go up to them, pick them up, put them in their seat, put their seatbelt on and like scold the parents because at that point it's a safety thing. And And for you, you know, that's how, yeah. And, and that's how, you know, airlines end up on the news and things like that, because of course they're not going to say, no, their kid was running around. It's going to be like, Oh, the flight attendant threw the kid on the, you know, on the, and yelled at the parents it, it it at that point it really is just a safety thing yeah um and but people don't understand that 
And so, but the kids on the plane, like, yeah, there are some parents who just let their kids do whatever the hell they want. And have you ever had time, to, all the time, like as far as like in kids doing that and cause I mean, you guys have to be seated and buckled up. Have you ever had an incident, uh, an incident where the, the, the plane was landing and you weren't able to get back to your seat in time? Um, luckily no, because if it becomes a safety hazard to myself, at that point, I just have to say, you know, I told them over and over and over and over. They didn't listen. That's now on them. Yeah. Because I'm not going to, you know, risk my safety breaking my legs or whatever because they're not listening to me. So I've, I'm fortunate enough that I have not been injured on the plane, you know, for something like that. But I have, you know had to put kids in their seats a couple times. Yeah. Um because the parents won't do it. The I was going to cuz when I in flying, I've noticed cuz there's some really really nice flight attendants and I always assume that they're new on the job, the nice ones. Because I've also met there's <laughs> there there's I've seen some and that are just I've I've had some really bad flight attendants that at where they were just really rude and angry for no reason. And I always, in my head, just said, I go, I bet they were really nice at one point and people have ruined this, like have just completely ruined them to where they hate all people. And it's, I, I had a flight attendant once when I had a, um, my traveling CPAP machine. It was, a, it was actually a Southwest flight. The lady came and I had the mask on once we were in the air and it was travel compliant and it was, it was the FD were the one you're allowed to fly with. And, um, yeah, the lady came and like tried to rip the mask off my face when I was sleeping. And this was when like I needed, we're coming home off the road. I get an hour or two of sleep in the hotel room. If that, my sleep to go back home is on the airplane. That's my sleep. And when I get home, I hit the ground running and I got to get all my stuff done to go back on the road. So like, I need that sleep. <clears throat> and at that point, <clears throat> if I sleep without the mask, it was, it was, I was just, I would be more tired and I would snore. And I, I always tried to be considerate. If I have the mask on people on the plane, aren't it doesn't bother anybody. And, uh, and I would just kind of keep it all in my little thing. I'd put kind of cover up. So it was kind of not out in the open and, the lady though, like, and I, she came back. I went, I fell back asleep. I was so tired. She like came and like started making a scene, and uh, I and I I couldn't. I didn't understand it, but I ended up having to file a complaint against her because and it they, I forget the Southwest ended up giving me something and it, which I didn't even use it. I didn't want anything. I was just the lady. I just in my head I knew I was like, man, she must have she must have been exposed to a lot of bad people over times just to be constantly angry, but I'm glad that hasn't happened to you yet. But have you seen it with a lot of like your coworkers where they're just kind of just, uh, I guess, numb to people, which I'm sure you are too, in, in a lot of ways from doing that. But is that something you see? Yeah. And you know what? It's sad because, you know, I have flown with, you know, United's been around forever and, I have flown with some very, very senior people, you know, they've been flying 50 plus years and they are still to this day, the nicest, happiest, kindest flight attendants I've ever flown with. So when I fly with flight attendants who are just mean, I, yes, we are exposed to a lot of people that are just mean to us, but at the same time, 
we are in an industry, yes, a safety, but also service. And so it just, it makes me sad because it's just unnecessary, honestly. And especially like your situation that you just explained, that is outrageous. Yeah. And I don't think, you know, even like the really, really mean people shouldn't experience anything like that. So um, I just don't think it's, a, it's an excuse. Um, yes, my emotions towards people have changed a little bit, um, but it's still not, you know, okay to just be mean back or just be mean for no reason. So yeah. um, I think I think some people use it as an excuse as to why they can be mean. Oh, I've been flying, you know, 40 years and I'm just fed up with people. Well, if you're fed up, then go. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, you know, it's just. I've That's seen crazy. it. It can be very negative. And I was going to ask you, with like personally, what are some of the things that is far, or like what's the most common thing you see with, or if you had for people that fly, how they treat flight attendants? Because I've seen it like you guys, I've always been sympathetic to the, you guys because you guys have to deal with so many people and whatnot. But as far as what, what would you say are some of the top things you see from people that you wish they, they didn't do or how they, how they could maybe be better passengers? Um, you know, I think probably the biggest thing, um, for me is like when there's a delay, it's not my fault. Like, I promise you, I did not make it snow outside. I did not bring on a hurricane. (laughs) I am not, (laughs) I am not getting paid when we are delayed. I am only getting paid when I'm in the air. So when we are delayed, I'm working for free and it just, when people are just like yelling at me and pissed off because it's a snowstorm outside which I clearly didn't cause or neither did any of my coworkers. and I think that's probably the most frustrating for us is because people assume we're getting paid people assume we know every little thing about the delays and what's going on when are we leaving I don't know (laughs) I just I don't know so you know, like for me, I've learned that just some people want to vent and want to be sympathetic yeah. or want me to be sympathetic towards them. And that's kind of the best way to go about it. But it's still, you know, when I first started flying, when people would yell at me or call me names or call our airlines, all these things, I would take it so personally. I, I'll never forget. I worked a flight from San Francisco to Boston and it was horrible, 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 horrible. I went to my hotel room and started bawling. And I really? called my mom and she's like, stop crying. Yeah. And now it just, as bad as it sounds, it does not phase me, but you just have to learn to not take it personal. But, you know, like I said earlier, it's just stressful for people when there's delays and things. But that's probably the number one thing I wish people didn't do um, is when there's delays, I know just as much as them. Um, And also it's usually like weather or whatever. And I'm very sympathetic towards them, but I'm also not getting paid to put up with the bullshit that we put up with. I think people should know that that's very important that you guys, that flight attendants don't get paid on delays. And I've seen, I've been, I've been part of many delays and one, I always look at it like you try to keep yourself occupied. I listen to audio books. I read, I do work and it's when you keep yourself busy, but the, the airlines, the, these, the airplanes and the intricacies of an airplane and everything, they got to go through checks. Everything has to check out. I don't want to fly if something doesn't check out. And like, I want to make sure, my, my number one priority is I want us to be able to take off and land safely and get from point A to point B. And unfortunately, delays do happen. And they are very frustrating at times because 
it all depends on our day and what we have planned and it ruins your plans typically, but that is part of flying. And it, but the, it blows my mind that people take that out. I've, cause I've seen it of people taking it out on flight attendants and it's, you guys have zero control over that. You're not getting paid. And, and for people to call you names and I think people are just want to be angry at times and they just see it as an opening. Yeah. Uh, cause in the, the, the world, mm-hmm. that's what I kind of say thing with flying there's a culmination of all these things with TSA and these and TSA is very necessary, but I've gone through, I've seen great TSA and I've seen some, some annoying TSA and it's, yeah. so people are already in the wait times and it, it, it could be you, people are just angry from the moment they get into the airport. And if you, you go and you park and you're like $18 a day, like you, people are they just one thing after the other. And by the time they get onto the plane, I feel like that a lot of people are just like this ball of fire that need to just like erupt mm-hmm. and it gets taken out. You guys are, you probably don't get paid enough for the you have to deal with, with a lot of this with people, but I, I can't believe people call you guys names that have the, the audacity to, to do that. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, you just kind of learn, like I said, to not take it personal. And I think just, people don't realize, I mean, I had a delay the other day. It was a five hour delay um, because the flight deck door wouldn't lock. Um, it, it would just open like the locking mechanism was not working, which you do not and want to take off with that happening. Exactly. Thank you. And so, you know, we're delayed five hours. Yes, that absolutely sucks. Yes. It cut five hours into my layover of rest when I only had 14 hours. Now I'm down to nine. Like, trust me, I'm upset too. And so I think just people, you know, in the moment, I think they're just thinking like, oh, I got to get there. I have connections, blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, I'm like, do you honestly want to fly where the flight deck door doesn't lock? Because that means anyone on this airplane has access to the flight deck, which means you might not ever make it to your destination. So how about let's be smart and think about this for a second and kind of understand why we're not going to take off this way. You know, but in the moment, it's never that. It's always, oh, I've got to do this. I've, it's me, 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 you know. Yeah. But it's like, it, it's safety. We're not doing it on purpose. Like, it, that's a very safe, safety, huge safety hazard, you know, to fly where the flight deck door doesn't lock. It's too bad they don't give people the option where, and you guys are allowed to leave, where they're like, okay, everyone that wants to onboard this flight, we're not going to be taken off for so-and-so hours. But if you want to stay on, we'll go ahead and fly with you. And let's just go ahead and let some of these people filter themselves out and uh, with the repercussions. Like, is it's, oh, it, it, I, I've seen this all. That's why I wanted to talk to you about this because I've, I've, I've flown so much and have seen so much with people that it, it's, it's, uh, I'll never understand it fully. But I've always been, I've been sympathetic to flight attendants because, with what you guys deal with, have, do you have with the flying all the time? Cause it always stressed me out the, when I had to fly a lot, um, multiple times a week with the, I always like take off and landing are always the two I'm kind of landing more so. Cause I've had some rough landings over time where the, mm-hmm. and I like being in larger planes. I found the larger planes always have smoother landings than the smaller planes, but yeah. do you have any yep. fears uh, of, of flying as far as, I would take it. I guess you don't, but just you're, you're constantly being exposed to being in the air. Does that ever something that ever you ever worry about or no? Um, 
you know, there's things going around like being in the air. It's not healthy. I know it's not, but um, you're exposed to a lot of things up there. But um, as far as fears go, I actually don't. Uh, flying does not scare me. You know, if if I were to be given a call from the captain saying prepare the cabin for an emergency landing, I would not be scared. Um, but then again, you know, we're all very well trained. We have to requalify every year for those kinds of things. Um, this sounds weird, but I love turbulence. I really? love turbulence. <laughs> um, You're like one of those, it's like every nurse I've ever met, they go get all googly eyed over my veins and my forearm and they like, they go, they <laughs> love cause they, they got into blood being, taking blood and being nurses because they're, <laughs> they are, I'm not even, it's Cooey. I'm Cooey Pilani. I always want to call you Cooey. They, it is an obsession. Their eyes, I see it. They light up. And anybody who is vascular <laughs> that's gone and given blood or, or uh, got lab tests done, you know what I'm talking about. And I see it. I have discussions yeah. with the nurses. I go, that's why you got into this, huh? They go, yes. Like they're like a kid <laughs> in the candy store. They, cause I got those two big veins right on my form that they draw from. And they, they, uh-huh. I'm telling you, like, that's what you remind me of when you say that. Like, I love turbulence. <laughs> that is hilarious. And I sound so crazy. I'm like, yes, turbulence. And like when the captain calls us and tells us there's going to be like really bad turbulence, I get so excited. Because for me, it's like relaxing. And I know really? like I can hear people like freaking out, screaming, crying, whatever. And I'm just in the back. Like, I wish you could see my face right now because my eyeballs are big and I'm like have this smile on my face. You like the like, nurses. They get all yes, you can't control turbulence. yourself. Turbulence. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I, I've been in a few where the turbulence was pretty damn bad and where the, the ones that get me are when the, the real sudden drops and where they're, where they're pretty frequent. And I'm kind of like, Ooh, Uh cause it's like, come on, let's get control here. And, uh, I, I've been on a few where I, I like luckily fell asleep. And when you are going to sleep, I've noticed it it is calming though. If you could kind of, when it's light turbulence, I, I, tend to sleep better I feel like but when it's some yeah. those big drops I'm I'm not a huge fan of those though but it's very interesting <laughs> that you are this all makes perfect sense now why you got into this <laughs> it's like a it's like a roller coaster you know like yeah. you get butterflies in your stomach when you make those big drops and as as the plane does it everyone's like oh ah, ah. yeah oh that's <laughs> the, the worst for people that was to me is I would think would be the most annoying thing that like if I say a plane was going down I would I would have my meditation on and I feel like just trying to like I'd have seatbelt buck obviously this is saying this as we're sitting here uh, but I feel like the people that scream I feel like I would want to slap a bunch of people as we're on our way down <laughs> it's just screaming and making it way worse it's just like shut the f- up we're all gonna die just shut the f- up exactly just positive thoughts everybody positive thoughts we're gonna be okay oh it literally makes it <laughs> much worse i mean they the people that aren't even that scared like become scared the second someone starts screaming and it's like calm down i think like with turbulence what people need to understand it is physically impossible for an airplane to literally just drop out of the sky and so i think when people experience turbulence they think that's what's happening when it's not it's wind it's you know yeah the uh, the jet stream from another airplane that we're passing it's not going to fall out of the sky. I promise. Like it's truly not going to. Yeah. So I just, you know, people I've, I've had people, I'm obviously cry, but people are like holding hands across the aisle and I'm just like, Oh my God, that's so dramatic. Like you've actually been on flights where that's happened. Really? 
No, I'm saying you have. You've been on flights where that has happened? Oh, yes. Oh, my God, yeah. It's so dramatic. I don't but, know how. But I, I have Ooh. to think back. Like, maybe this is their first time flying. You know, some people are genuinely scared. And then, all right, Quibo, like, be nice, be nice, be nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to ask you, too. This is something, because you guys are on the road constantly. And you were telling me when I talked to you before about, just living on the road and sharing in, in hotel rooms. And for me, that was always the one thing with wrestling and being in hotel rooms was very depressing to me because time, yeah. and like a lot of wrestlers start developing habits of drinking or doing other things uh, to kind of, because mm-hmm. the, you, you kind of become numb and it becomes like a, just a routine. And it's just, to me, it just becomes ground groundhogs day over and over again, just different cities and whatnot. You, you're, can you share a little bit about your experiences of like a typical day and the the routine? You're you're constantly in hotel hotel rooms too, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so that has been the hardest thing for me is the lifestyle. Um, it took a very long time to adjust. I'm still adjusting, and um, it's you know I went from living downtown in the city, just me and my dog and my cute condo, like all my friends are there, routine every day to having to minimalize all of my belongings, basically living out of a suitcase, um, not really having a sense of home. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I never, I don't, I can tell you what day it was today. I don't even know what day it is. You know, people will ask me, I had oh, that where happen did you just all the time. From? I, yeah, I have no clue where I just came from. Like, I, I don't know. And so, you know, like being in hotel rooms, you know, everyone thinks like, Oh my God, you're a flight attendant. You get paid to travel the world. What? You just went to China. Oh, now you're in Spain. And I'm like, yeah, but first of all, I am exhausted. Second of all, I only have 24 hours here. So half of that's going to be sleeping. Um, and I'm in a hotel room. It's very lonely. It's really hard to date. It's, um, like I said, you have no sense of home, you know, or people ask, Oh, where's home for you? I don't really know. Like, yeah, I grew up in Las Vegas, but I'm based in Boston, but that's not really my home. Like, it's just, it's a very, very different lifestyle. So, like you said, like, depression is a real thing, especially with flying. Um, Alcohol, uh, it's, you know, we all have a joke, you know, oh, I don't drink much. You know, the the new hires will say, I don't drink very much, and everyone will kind of laugh and be like... That's oh, a yeah, real thing with you guys. Now. A lot of a lot of flight attendants, I and we've talked about this, have I don't want to say drinking problems, but they drink heavily or or at oh, the yeah. hotels because that I that and you see it with wrestlers and people because when you're jobs where you're constantly in hotels with when you got to just decompress from and you're exhausted, alcohol becomes mm-hmm. kind of a go-to. And you that's something a lot of flight absolutely. attendants do, right? Oh, absolutely. It's like, okay, we're, we're finally here. That was a long ass day. Meet me at the bar in 15 minutes. Yep. You're at the bar. And you know, just that the access that we have to alcohol is, you know, it's it just, it's constantly around us. And so it, it's a huge thing in the, in the industry with pilots and flight attendants. It's huge. With pilots it's just, also it's kind of part of the culture. Yeah. Oh yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yep. That's actually scary to think about. With pilots, I mean, obviously, with it's because they're, they're living the same schedule, and wow, right. that is. But if you 
something people also don't understand too is if you get caught, you know, especially like a pilot um, with any alcohol in your system, I mean, you are, your life is ruined completely. Um, because at that point it's FAA. Yeah. And if you mess with the FAA, you are done. So how it works for us is you could land in any random city anywhere in the world. I mean, I could land in Sydney, Australia. I could land in Billings, Montana. The second they open the door, the cabin door to let people deplane, they've, there's someone there with a clipboard saying, I need so-and-so to come with me, and you're either taking a P-test or a breathalyzer. Really? If you have anything in your system, you are done, and you are in big, big, big trouble because now you're messing with the government like and people's safety. I mean, it's... So that's good to know. Everyone yeah. is, you know, yeah, it's, it's everyone's pretty smart about it. You know, there's you, you can't drink this many hours before a flight. You know, what like, is the rule on that? Is it for flight attendants time, also or just pilots? It's for flight attendants as well. It's eight hours um, before you check into work the next day. You cannot be drinking. So is, if you um, have drinks the night before and you got a flight, you have to make sure that your last sip of alcohol is eight hours before the actual scheduled flight time? Yeah. Yeah. Because or if I show up to the airport and I mean, cause they can drug test you or breathalyze you before you get on the plane too. You just never know when it's going to happen. So we all kind of have the mentality of, okay, well it's not worth it. Um, you know, and, Honestly, like most of my layovers are pretty short, like 15 hours or less. And I am so exhausted by the time I get there. I don't even bother. Or maybe I'll have one, but it's, it's, it's not like this glamorous layover lifestyle that people think we have. It's really not. And yeah, no, it's, it's the same thing with wrestling on a lot of ways. It's people like, yo, you get paid to travel the world and blah, blah, blah. And it's, there are great moments, but it's mostly stress and work and, um, you're exhausted uh-huh. is the the key word. I do think too, and we talked about this yeah. with you. You are you are a uh, very beautiful woman um, in flight attendants, in being Thank exposed you. to different men, in being on the road in hotels. Is that that's something you constantly have to deal with as well, right? With with guys, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Um, sometimes it's like really obnoxious. Uh, What's the most obnoxious thing a guy has done to try to, to, I guess, <laughs> pursue you? Is that the right, correct way? Um, well, I had to, okay, so probably the weirdest thing ever was this man um, asked me if I would, he said he runs like a shoe fetish, a flight attendant shoe fetish <laughs> website or something, and he asked if I would be willing to make videos of me like with my feet and my pantyhose and my high heels on the plane and he'll pay me like just <laughs> just like we like I just I didn't even know that was a thing or I'll buy your used pantyhose or your used shoes or whatever like people have flight attendant fetishes and so <laughs> that is honestly the, the weirdest thing that I have yet to come across of it you know like I'll get the typical, I had to make my social media like pretty private for a while because of my name, you yeah. know, people would see my name tag and uh, immediately look me up and boom, I'm the first person to come up and I would get all these weird messages. But besides I did, yeah, that, I forgot about that. That's setting. actually something, ooh, because your name is very yeah. unique. So somebody types that in, it's, you're showing right up. Oh yeah. And then they can see I'm a flight attendant. Boom, that's her. Yeah. 
So um, that, you know, happens or, you know, I get given, I, I'm given uh, business cards a lot, but that shoe fetish thing was just so random. Yeah. I had never heard of such a thing. Um, business cards. That's, uh, then, that, I but... never, that's a, uh, it's not a bad idea. I might have to look into that. <laughs> I've got a stack of them. <laughs> like, hey, let me know next time you're in Santa Barbara. And they gave me their card. They're like a neurosurgeon. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> you just must have but like no, just, I... just closet fulls of business cards. <laughs> I I have a stash. I don't know. That sounds bad. Yeah, I, don't that... really, I don't. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> I have... I can honestly say I have never reached out to anyone that has given me a business card. Mark my word, I have never I done that. You. I don't know if the listeners <laughs> are going to believe you after that, but I believe you because I know you. <laughs> I the, <laughs> because of the I was going to, before we, we wrap up too, I wanted, but the going to hotel rooms for you too, that's kind of stressful too, right? Because with, with people, the way that they act in, in being, you know, the way that you look, that's a real concern for some of you flight attendants, right? When you go to like, the hotel room situation. Yeah. Um, there have been some incidents of um, flight attendants getting hurt or taken or killed on layovers. Um, because wow. like I said earlier, like some people have a weird flight attendant fetish or whatever. Yeah. So, um you know, we stay in the same hotels when we go to different cities. So, you know, the hotel staff will get to know us, you know, as passengers, I've had passengers ask me what hotel we stay at. I never tell them. Um, so they, they, they train us to, when you get to your room, cause we don't share hotel rooms. We all get our own rooms, yeah. but you know, they teach us to, when you get to your room, open the door, you know, leave it open, like put your bag in front of it or something, turn on all the lights and check everything before you go in and close the door. Because, you, it sounds crazy, but things have happened in the past. So, you know, check the shower under the bed and the closet, you know, it's just, it's better wow. to be safe than sorry. Yeah, you know, fortunately absolutely. I've never had anything happen, but I've, I've flown with people that things have happened to them in hotel rooms before. So you just, it's important to check it. And then you always want to put your, um, what's that thing called? The deadbolt over the yep. door. I always, if someone tried to come myself, through at night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Always, 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 always. You just never know. Always. That's very, yeah, no, that's something I don't think a lot of people think about the things that you're exposed to on that. It's definitely a stressful situation that you're subjected to day after day. To wrap Mm -hmm. up, Kui Palani, on on flying, if you could give one piece of advice uh, to people who travel, just one, one thing. What would that be? I usually, when I have guests on, I always say, what's one piece of life advice? But I think for you, I would, what's one piece of advice, you, if you could give all travelers, that, that you would like to see, what would that be? One piece of advice. Wow, I have so many. I had a list written down. <laughs> if you had to. If you, I was going to say. I wish you had the list with you now. We could just read them all off. <laughs> well, I do, and I can quickly go through it, but. Let's, you know what? Hey, let's do if, Whatever you want, if you want to do one or if you want to go through all of them, I'm, I think the more people know, I just want to say like, (laughs) I just want to give a couple tips that just like irk flight attendants. And maybe this brings out the bad in some flight attendants. Um, Cause I was talking to this girl, I was telling her about this 
what I was doing tonight, you know, on your podcast. And she's like, oh, my God, let's come up with a list. So I have a couple of things that just people don't think about. But, like, when we're in the aisle doing service, like, we're not bartenders. So don't ask for a club soda with a splash of orange juice and a splash of crayon with a little bit of lemon juice squeezed into there. Like Dolph Ziggler, if you're listening to this show, just take note. (laughs) Also, if you ask for coffee, please specify what you want in it. Don't just say coffee and then I start walking away and you say, hey, you didn't give me cream. You didn't give me sugar. I'm like, you never specified. Wow. I always ask Um, for just a black coffee just so I'm – I'm good on the first two so far. I'm, I'm hoping I don't sh- strike out on any of these. Keep going. Oh my god, I'm like impressed that you very very are, compassionate human being, Kui Polani. Wow, wow. <laughs> um, if we if we have like a 45 minute flight and we're trying to serve everyone on the airplane, when I get to you, don't be like, well, what do you have? I'm like, there's a freaking menu in the back of your in your seat back pocket. We already made the announcement six times to look over the menu. And then I'm like, uh, okay, so we have orange juice, apple juice, cranberry juice, whatever. And they're like, I'll take pineapple juice. I'm like, did I say pineapple juice? Oh. You don't have pineapple juice. <laughs> I just feel like the stupidity level with humans is a, it's you guys. Ugh. <sighs> oh, it's, it's, you know, it honestly, and I'll tell you this, like, absolutely nothing surprises me anymore like even that lady clipping her toenails the other day it didn't even surprise me like nothing surprises me anymore nothing no i I, (laughs) because i've seen all of it yeah is that the worst thing you've seen on the plane by the way not to keep you here any longer but the the toenails and the the diaper thing or is there anything is there anything else you've seen that's i mean besides like some really really scary medical emergencies um okay yeah, those, those, those are probably are the... the craziest um, things I've seen. I mean, just just the lack of brain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, just... I, and your tips are very good. I think it's important for people to understand you guys are human beings and you guys are just trying to do your job. And if people just kind of try to treat people, I think just decent, not even not even great, yeah. just decent. And just kind of maybe yep. understand that we're all humans, and but it's usually when when one bout of anger will trigger more anger, and it's just a very vicious oh, yeah. pattern. And because um, flying, it, it, like mm-hmm. I said, there's a lot of different things that could set people off before they even get to the airplane. And I think it's we all just oh, kind yeah. of keep in our heads that the flight attendants don't own the airlines; they don't cause the delays, and they are not mm-hmm. getting paid. And it messes up your guys' days and nights as well. So I think if we all Mm -hmm. kind of just understand that, it might make make everything better for everyone. But Kui Palani Brown, I thank you for joining the podcast. And uh, I really, really appreciate you making the time for us. And uh, we're going to go ahead. We're going to take a quick break, guys. And we're going to be back with the Wrestling Report with Ryan Satin after these messages. You've heard us talk about Real Good Foods before on the podcast and just how much I love their Real Good pizzas and enchiladas. Now Real Good Foods also has their new poppers, which are a super low-carb cross between a chicken nugget and a jalapeno popper. All of their foods are low-carb, grain-free, 
gluten-free, and keto-friendly. Most items have as low as three to four grams of carbs per serving. From their chicken crust pizza, enchiladas, cauliflower crust pizzas, snack bite pizzas, and poppers, you can't go wrong with anything from Real Good Foods. All items are available at realgoodfoods.com, on Amazon, and in retail locations all over the country, with a store locator on their website. Save 10% with discount code RYBACK off of realgoodfoods.com. Real Good Foods. Feed me more. All right, we are back. Got Ryan Satin with the wrestling sheet, pro wrestling sheet, here with the wrestling report. How uh, how are you feeling after uh, post-WrestleMania? The Big Guys Wrestling Report with Ryan Satin. Brought to you by Pro Wrestling Sheet. I'm, uh, my voice is... I cough as I start yeah. speaking, but my... my <laughs> Got uh, the my black lung, is, pup. <laughs> my, I'm, I'm slowly uh, getting back to 100%. I'm at like 90%, I think, right now. I... Uh, it's tough, man. I talk so much, and then I have to do... You do a like, lot of shows, too. So many shows, and I'm just a talker in life, so uh, it's it's very difficult to be sick and have a sore throat and, and not be able to talk, and then my dad is calling me being like, I want to gossip about mania. And I'm like, my voice hurts. I can't talk on the phone right now. So even my dad is mad at me. He's like, well, hurry up and get your podcast up. So well, these other people get to hear you talk. Me. I don't. I want to talk to you personally. That was my dad. He was like, and then he was like, and then I can't even, you're not answering my call. And then I can't even listen to your podcast when you're not answering my call. Cause you're not doing that either. He's like, God, you're killing me, Ryan. So no, I'm back. I'm back. Uh, and, and I think that it's perfect timing. Cause man, I, uh, I, 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 my, my tweet of mine really popped off this weekend about this whole Sasha Banks situation. So I, uh, we'll, we'll we should start off with there with everything going on with Sasha Banks. You yeah. So basically, um, Sasha Banks was not happy about losing the tag team titles at WrestleMania. Okay. Uh, she, you know, from from her perspective and and Bailey's perspective, from what I've been told, is you know they they feel like they were promised certain things. They were they were told they were going to have a meaningful run with the titles. Okay. Um, you know, th- at least that's how they perceived it. You know, that's what they were kind of that that was passed along to them. Yeah. And so um, when the 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 Booking came down to them, and it was told they were going to lose the Iconics. Um, they weren't happy about it, and not not because of the Iconics. I want to make that very clear. I want to stress that yeah. so hard. It's not an Iconics thing. They're friendly with the Iconics. Um, it's it's not beef with the Iconics whatsoever, or they think that like they're better than the Iconics, and the Iconics, uh, you know, shouldn't have beaten them. It's not that. It's more so these promises they felt were given to them, yeah. and so. Um, because of that, um, after WrestleMania, well, during WrestleMania, after their match at WrestleMania, um, they definitely made it known to people that they were not happy. Um, they, you know, yes, they posed for pictures and did the, you know, standard PR thing that you have to do backstage afterwards and stuff, um, you know, interviews and whatnot. But at the end of the day, they were very unhappy. And in the female locker room, they were laying on the floor, just laying down, uh, and and loudly complaining about the fact that they had to lose. Um, oh, is that a real thing? It's a real thing. It's like this thing. is confirmed by like it is. So I confirmed that with four different people. Yeah. Uh, and 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 someone close to Sasha and Bailey did say to me that 
that it's that that they do when that, when Sasha and Bailey hang out together, they lay on the floor and, and, and when they're when they're doing whatever. Um, yeah. So that it's po- they felt like it's possible that maybe to an outsider walking in, it looked like them just kind of like throwing a tantrum, maybe. Yeah. Which but you I, have to be but, very careful of that uh, how you act correct. backstage as so, far as that. So, yeah. So even if that's not how they necessarily meant it or perceived it, that's how it was perceived to others, from yeah. what I'm told. Yes, that it looked like they were laying on the ground and loudly complaining about the fact that they had to lose. Now, that will never there. get you anywhere doing that. That is... That's like a big no-no, right? Yeah, that will get you buried with the locker room quicker than anything, if that, if that is true. Like, I, yeah. I saw that. I, I, I was like, there's no way that any talent would, would do that. Like, like my last two matches, like losing in, with Kalisto and putting him over, I was happy to do that. Like, I never... That's where I always talked about, too, the pay thing. I, I would lose every damn match if you want. Just... Pay me accordingly. Like, I think a lot of talent feel it would solve so many problems if they actually adjusted it. And not to say everyone makes equal pay, but if the pay scale was adjusted, they would have so many less problems on their hands with talent that it would, that's part of the problem on that with all that. But that is, um, I could say, because obviously I'm not there, don't know the situation. Clearly something, it sounds like something happened. Um, it can be very frustrating if you're told something and, um, and I can give you an example of that for me uh, towards the very, very end as well. And where you're promised something and, and it's kind of things change, plans change um, long term. I had a situation where it changed the day of just on a SmackDown taping where you get the creative. It's whatever. It was a match with the Wyatt family and Kane and we were like a tag match. And it was before it was actually the, the Fastlane pay-per-view. We did that and I actually had went over on that one. Things were because we were doing a buildup for me because they didn't know that I was leaving until the, the final two there. And then it was me going over. It was like, it was a strong win for the baby faces and then get to TV. Vince wasn't there and somebody had got creative all changed to where we just got killed by the Wyatt family. And it was like, it wasn't, there was just no direction. It was no sense of anything and would worked with those guys a, a lot. And I love all of them and they're all beyond talented, but it was frustrating to the way creative just changed and there was something weird going on because of the politics and things going on there. And, and it, it's really, could be really frustrating from that. I remember just like, I had one of those moments where we were all sitting around, Arn was there and the Wyatts and, and I just said, this place sucks. And I, and I, it's, I said, I go, you guys all have your heads up. Is everyone here? I said, nobody has any balls. Like I just, I had a moment where I, not to the guys, but just the, the, infrastructure of the company how nobody it's so just uh, just everything is so unorganized and there's no directive for the characters for anybody who they're pushing that's why everybody gets interchanged and the and the because it lowers the talent's value when it's like this because nobody could really get any momentum and i've had all that happen so from that standpoint with them i understand like being frustrated but like even that you don't you don't act certain ways. And I remember with like me and Luke Harper were friends and, and I remember he even goes, he goes, what we're, we're not good enough to, to beat you. And it wasn't even beating. I go, no, I go, buddy, I go, this is the situation. I go read this. And this is what I go. Now put yourself in my shoes. You get sent this. And then now look what we're doing. I go, and I go, things change so drastically and there's just no, and he, he understood and whatnot, but it wasn't anything about losing. Like, I like lose every damn match. I don't care on that end. But it's for them. There's a a fine line on how you act, 
backstage? Like, do, do you go, you you air your grievances with with Vince and Hunter and, you know, and you, but you always do at the end of the day, you work for them. You do what they want to do. And that's, that's the way that it is. But going back and then, and I know from talking to other talents there, they don't, in particularly probably Sasha more than Bailey, uh, doesn't have the best reputation with a lot of people there. Um, again, you're not there to make friends, but I, I, you always want to get along with everyone you work with because everyone's in the same boat there pretty much of dealing with the BS and the way the system is. I don't, I have a really difficult time believing I, I, it clearly sounds like it happened, but what their thought process was for that of putting on a show like that with the people that you work with, because then it's just like, well, who do they think they are? They're, they think they're too good to lose to any of us when it's fake. And it's no, entertaining. And I, I, yeah, and I think that's the the main thing of why I think you know, I think that's why the word started to get passed to me a little bit yeah. about the about what happened that night because I think it was starting to kind of, I don't know, it was it was because at first it was a you know due to personal reasons and I think people thought like mental health stuff was involved, yeah. but at the end of the day it really just turned out to it, it seems as though she was just really unhappy with it comes off as childish, very childish does. though. If that's the the situation, and I don't, I never well, had any encounters with her as far. I don't think she ever said hi to me once. I can't remember. Like I don't, I honestly didn't have a lot of interaction with her. Bailey was always very sweet. Um, you, and what you said is definitely, you know, I I have no dog in the fight, but I've heard similar things to you where that 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 she doesn't always have necessarily the the most positive reputation backstage with everybody. Yeah, um, and which this isn't good. No, 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 definitely not. And you know. Not only was it in the locker room when they were doing it, and I can't tell you how long they were doing it for in the locker room, but it yeah. was enough to where it rubbed certain people the wrong way. Yeah. And and yes, they went out and they took pictures during the main event, um, but this was a seven-hour show, and it was they were very openly letting their displeasure known to yeah. everyone backstage. Um, but it continued the next the, that night um, after WrestleMania at the Wrestler Hotel. Um, really. Yeah, where they were outside their door. Uh, I believe it was Bailey's room. They were outside of Bailey's room, uh, like laying on the floor, crying about the fact that they lost and that they were told to lose the tag titles already. And I and and I mean, this was coming from someone who was on that same floor who walked by them at five in the morning, crying outside their door. Really? And that, yeah, and that's a bit. I mean, that's that's a pretty extreme reaction for all of this. I mean, yeah. I you know no, I. It's it's scripted. Like it is, it, it, to, the money thing is what's what, yeah. What, if you're crying, it'd be over the amount of money. If you're like that's the. <laughs> yeah. But it sounds like it's not like the titles. None of that mean. It, that's why I always loved loved Razor. Razor, like he's. Like, I never cared about the titles. I just wanted to get paid. Like we all love wrestling, but it, we all know what they are. And it's like it's cool and a little bit. But it's they've been booked extremely well compared to a lot. They've. So that's where they're going to have a tough time getting sympathy from anybody. It's not like they had the plug pulled on them, pulled on them at different points in their career. They, they've both been used quite well yeah, like, in considering you know, how talented. Like the, the revival, and everyone goes like, "Well, with the revival," and you go, well, "The revival were mad because th- things weren't happening for anyone." You know, yeah. <laughs> like there are some people are mad because they're not being used at all. You yeah. know, like it's and 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 that bothers me a lot because I. I you know, I argue with one of my co-hosts very often about that, and I go like, "Dude, there's such a huge difference between like losing, being used every week, being featured all the time, and losing, yep. and not being used at all, or like every time you're there, or like being used sparingly and then just getting buried are so different. Yeah. Like, there's so many different things. But if you're 
there on, a, on the show every week, and you're still wrestling every week like the Riot Squad. The Riot Squad are being used great every yeah. week. They're getting used all the time. Whether they win or lose, they're being used all the time. Yep. They're making money. They're, they're being successful. They're getting to do what they want to do. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I agree with you in terms of, like, I don't understand where the sympathy factor is. They're getting out. They're, they're getting – so a lot of talents, what happens too is when you don't get opportunities to actually wrestle. And I always, this always bothered me personally. My matches were always shorter on TV or pay-per-views, but live events, I was allowed to go out and do very long live event matches that were very fulfilling for me. But some talents, when you get to TV and you're not used on TV and you don't have that career, you're not, you're just not being used. And then it does, it affects your pay and a lot of that. And a lot of that depends on what your downside is too and stuff. But from a creative standpoint, it starts because people think you can't wrestle or you're not talented. But if you're allowed to go out there and, and you're in a 15-minute match or a 20-minute match, maybe not every week, but more often than not, or you're just involved, you're figured in, it, 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 it does a lot to help morale. And for them, they've always been figured in at a very, very high level in that division. And you got to give... The way that the current system is, is is people don't hold on to titles very long. But if you get to hold on to a title, you should be very thankful on that. Just and it, Everyone obviously would like a long title reign. Long title reigns don't really happen all that often in this day and age. And, that, and, and, they, also, and they, had, they were also given being the first women tag, tag team champions that, that is you were being, you guys were chosen for that out of everybody. And it's... I think if you have problems with the situation losing, and again, I don't know any of this to be 100% true, but just being based off what we're being told, you voice your frustrations to the office and it, you leave it in there. And when you go, and then, because if you don't, it, and it, it can, the other talent, it just rubs everyone the wrong way as far as. And that's, yeah, and that's a lot of what I hear. You know, I yeah. mean, I, I hear that, you know, yes, there are people, you know, I understand that there are people, um, you know, on Sasha's Instagram who are, showing support to her and stuff like that or people who are in the locker room but like it's a big locker room like it's a yeah. really big locker room there's a lot of people in there you know and so and everybody you know. but everybody's most of the people there are being used and not a like like i said most and i've talked about this on other things but like and and with the pay with people like most of those nxt people that come up they do that they they don't make that much money they're all living in apartments and that's fun but they're not like they're not living this glamorous lifestyle for quite a while, unless you're lucky to be up there for a few years and save a little money and get a better deal that second time around. And uh, so a lot of people up there aren't going to have a lot of sympathy no matter what. And I, I get being lied to and like, it's very frustrating, but you got to deal with that with the office. Cause like the boys and girls in the locker room are probably, or, or, or there's just a better way to do it. And like people, everyone there gets frustrated. Everyone, and it, it, it's but you don't necessarily want to show your cards like that. And especially like this, it's you know that says a lot that that got out. People probably don't think too highly of the of the situation or them right now. If that's the case, I also and last on this situation, I also feel and you you maybe you know you know better than me, but like to me it seems like. You know, everyone says, well, and I, even myself, I'd be mad if I was always, you know, if I if I kept thinking I had my big moment of winning this title and then it gets taken away from me after 20 days all the time. Like, I yeah. get it. You know, she's frustrated that every time she wins the title, it gets taken away from her so fast. Um, but I also feel like these are tests. Like, when it gets taken away from you and they watch how you react, 
it's a test and you're failing it if you show your cards like that you know i mean like that's just how i feel like it's like it's like a failing a test if you yeah but you have to the the thing is you have to you have to if you have a problem with it you have to have the balls to or the courage to to talk to hunter events about that and like get that in like and voice your frustrations and you got to like I remember when I lost the Intercontinental title, they brought me in. They actually, what it was very, they brought me into the office, Hunter, and they told me he goes, "We're going to end up. We're going to put the title on Kevin tonight." Blah blah blah. He was like, "Are you okay with that?" And they actually, and I said, "Yeah, no problem with it." Like that's, I could have been like, "No, I think I want a longer title reign." Like I was already going through my contract stuff. I knew why they were taking it off of me, and I hadn't completely decided I was going to leave yet. But it was like getting to that point, but at least they had the courtesy to bring me in and tell me that. And they wanted to probably gauge my, where am I at mentally? Like that, like, I'm not doing that. Cause some guys get like weird with that and stuff. And it's, it's entertainment at the end of the day. And they're going to go with who they want to go with. So you gotta, but you gotta, you gotta fight that fight in the office and you gotta, you gotta, you give it your shot. And, uh, when they when they say that's what it is, you got to just go out and be professional, and you go out and you do your job, and you got to, you know, go into your room and drink and wine to each other. Like it's <laughs> that's but don't don't let everybody see it. Maybe if that's yeah, the case, don't do it. Don't do it in front of your door WrestleMania weekend where everybody yeah. is in the same hotel. Yeah, either. no, it just it just comes off very bad if that happened, and I don't yeah. like I'm surprised like Bailey, I never saw ever act anything like that, so I don't. And Sasha, I don't like I don't know enough about her. It's just it, and when I saw it, I was like, ooh, there's no way anyone would do that, right? And but it, I mean, I even like I said, I even confirmed it with like people after the fact too. Yeah. Like I, I said four in my initial tweet, and then I had more people hit me up afterwards who were like, yeah. And she did, I can only imagine the amount of I actually that's what you had a tweet that popped off. I didn't even think Rusev put the uh, botchmasters oh, unhappy uh, go home. <laughs> Which I was like, I've been gone for almost three years, which got that got quite a bit of uh, action. I wasn't even, I didn't even expect it. I was like, oh, it's amazing. One thing will just catch on. And I we said that that was in my group chat. We were all dying at it. Like my, me and my co-hosts of my other uh, show. Oh no, I love Rusev. I love. I think Rusev just he's he's another guy that speaks the truth, which probably yeah. is why he's lost all the pay per views. Also, <laughs> <laughs> but you don't get. You're like, what are they going to do? Book me bad? Like, it's you get to a point where you're like, that's why I was like, like people, I speak up on things and I have I'm just no fear. I was like, what, what are they going to do? I don't, I'm not there anymore. Are they going to book me bad? Like, I've already been through it. Like, I fell on my face at WrestleMania in the biggest match of my life. My WrestleMania moment before I went on to fight Cena for the title that I had no business losing and I tried to get it changed and before I went out and then they gave me, nope, that's what we want. Fine, that's what you'll get. Like, I don't, but it's, you can't do anything worse to me. Like, it's like, I don't care. <laughs> But that's what talent get to that point, man, when that stuff starts oh, no. happening. You're just like, you just like, and you see other, you're like, eh, you just start saying whatever. And Oh, no, he certainly seems like he's at that point where he just doesn't really care. No, so. he's getting yeah. a decent downside, though, and but yeah. you don't give a f- It's It does, it becomes, <laughs> it just makes you become immune to everything because it's just like, I love him. I love it. I think it's, he entertains me thoroughly. Every, and everyone, oh, everyone yeah. loves Rusev. Oh, he's one of the, yeah, he's. Yeah, Rusev's the best. All right, moving topics here. Another big story of the week. Brian James is no longer the lead writer of SmackDown. Wow. Um, he's not leaving the company, but he's no longer the lead writer anymore. Uh, basically, 
you know, PW Insider first reported that all this was going down and that that, that he was stepping down from his position. Um, you know, that day I had spoken to different sources and I was basically told that with the move to Fox that was coming up, uh, he had already kind of been told there had already been a plan to to take him from that position. Oh, really? Change him from that position. Um, I just don't know if he was necessarily privy to it. You know, initially I was told he was, and okay. that it was uh, it was a thing that had been in the works for a while, and that he was going to be moving positions in the company. But Dana um, Warrior taking over that creative spot. <laughs> God, I hope not. Oh man, she's really Actually, she's really causing some problems right away, huh? She, she's been writing some good shit real soon, <laughs> you know, real, real quickly, you know. Uh, no, you know, I, I my guess, if I had to guess, my guess would be Bruce Prichard. That 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 would be my guess. Ah, that's uh... he, seems, he seems to have been doing well. People seem to be happy with him. Yep. He seems to have been acclimating. He's you know, been in that position before too, and yep, yep, yeah. Uh, Very then, interesting, actually. That's... That just would make the most sense to me. You know, yeah. he's got less stress built up over the years. You know, Road Dog had been there a while. Which hap- I see Road Dog with fans, and I always laugh. Like, it, it's a no-win position, man. Like, it's no matter what you do, what you don't do. But people don't understand. It's Vince's show. These guys write their hearts out and try to come up and no, 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 no. Ripped up, ripped up, ripped up. And you just got to put something out there, and it gets approved. And everybody might hate it, but that's what Vince chose. And it doesn't make any sense. And that job is beyond stressful and i've I seen it with those guys job too like you just getting roasted all the time i couldn't imagine that seems like a very very rough job the way people I, get I, treated starts from the top there and gets bold i've seen michael hayes come out and acting like a complete dick to people like i'm mean, if you saw like if i saw somebody talking like that to another like you punch him in the face like shut the up you don't talk like that to people the way the shit but it's from them being exposed to it at the top and it comes down and you should like him talking to other writers like they talk to him like they're not even human beings man like it is it's a whole other oh, world I, people don't understand I, at tmz i i know that culture so well because it's the same thing where you would see something where you're like no just because harvey says that to all of us does not make that okay to talk to each other like that yeah. in here. You know, like, so that was always my, yeah, I, I completely understand that mentality because you can just go like, well, what the f***? Like, you don't talk to people like that. Like, that's so f- up. Like, yeah. treat me like a human. You completely understand that mentality and, and how that kind of culture can be bred. And it gets toxic when that happens because yeah. it's like, no, just because one person's crazy doesn't mean we all should be crazy, you know? Yeah, no, it's... It, it, it's a stressful environment up there and those in those meetings and waiting Vince, like the rumors of like I've seen and talked to people and talk, writers like we're especially when they're back in Stanford, he'll have them waiting there for a creative meeting and he, hours on end. They'll be there all night. He doesn't show up till till the wee hours of the night after a workout. And they've been there for six, seven hours or something ridiculous. You know, I've, I've heard so not okay. Yeah. Which people don't, it's like, it's a really weird and like, why do you, would you do that to the people that are it? That's why I say there's, it's very, it's a very evil infrastructure <laughs> that people don't understand. It's, um, well, it's, you know, you've been talking about the, the John Oliver piece and it's very yeah. much like a, you know, what they do is that, you know, and, and a lot of people in different entertainment circles do this. It's not just Vince. It's not just, uh, you know, it's a lot. It's a lot of different places do this. And, you know, they find people who this is your dream. 
So because yeah. this is your dream, they take advantage of that, you know, yeah. until until you don't until you finally realize you're being taken advantage yeah. of, and then it's too late. Yep. So yeah. So you know, and so so that's it's it's um, it's a rough thing, and 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 I think that. Uh, yeah, change would be very nice if, if those things yeah. were to happen. No, I'm very – that's what – I we did a whole thing. We actually – John Oliver, we've reached out. They There's a chance he's going to come on the show. And, uh, oh, really? Yeah, and then uh, we've reached out to Joe Rogan for me to go on Rogan's podcast and uh, to talk about all of this because I've Hell realized yeah. – and I talked about it last week for me um, – it's very personal and with my ankle situation and the creative and the way everything worked out with my career and how and pay and them forcing me to drop a multi-million dollar lawsuit. It was, this is very personal to me and I'm not going to get anything out of this right now. I would like to just see it. And I stated it's for the betterment of wrestlers there now in the future. And like I heard in like Bischoff said something, you know, like, well, that's the way it's always been, it, but that doesn't make it right. And it doesn't, it's there's a lot of problems that have come from that and and like I said I've experienced you know almost getting stuck with a hundred and seventy thousand hospital bill because my insurance said it was a pre-existing condition luckily I had them on the phone when I got that insurance saying they would cover it beforehand and they ended up paying it but if they wouldn't have because it was a pre-existing condition I would have been stuck with that and a lot of those old timers people think they were like bad with their money don't get me wrong there's some guys that they had different situations, but a lot of the addictions and the things are from, and those old school rings, man, were way harder than today's rings. A lot of the back problems they had, like my back, when it was at its worst, I could, like, I was getting to the point where I, it, I should have been taking pain pills. Like it was, and I knew I didn't want to go down that road. And like the, the addictions start from something. They don't just start because you, you want to get up all the time. And now maybe sometimes they could with some people, usually it comes from pain and, and just one is a lot of things are not have not been right, and a lot of the guys and I talk to all the talent, a lot of the talent there. Like I, I everybody course, wants yeah. everybody wants to speak up on this, and but the people that don't and the people that that publicly will say stuff, they all have enough money to where it doesn't really. They're not thinking about everybody else, and it's a very selfish thing. And why I said like a lot of the top talents, it, it infuriates me that they don't step up and speak up about this because it would help cause change. But I go, you know what? They, this environment of fear and the talent, the talent there can't say anything. If they say anything, they're going to be fired. Yep. Like, or they're going to be, they're going to, it, it's, and a lot of them don't have a lot of money. People don't realize this. That's what I was talking about, the pay structure, the gap. And I, I know from just know my first year and when they pulled everything and then I was working way more and it went way down and it, because they were controlling it and forcing me to drop the lawsuit. So I didn't have that money because it was a lock. The malpractice lawsuit that didn't have them, which I have recorded, by the way, and I've held over them time and time again. Like it's if I release the stuff I had on them, they would be told. And I will forever, I will keep that in my back pocket with the way that they've acted. So, and that's why they everyone asks, how do I get away with everything? There's a reason why I've gotten away with everything. <laughs> There's, I have, sh I'm not even kidding. The documents no, I, I have, you. it I is, you. I, I am a good person, Ryan. I've tried to tell them, I go, don't with me. I don't want to have to do this, but. You guys, if this is what you want to play, and I'm telling you, I've beaten them every step of the way, and I, I thoroughly hope everyone's like, aren't you afraid of speaking up on this? Nope, because the stuff I have, they are going to end up in a far worse position than I will. So I'm going to start publicly speaking more because I've realized, and I, I do, talent's t thanking me. Please keep it up. Please keep it up. I don't expect anyone to join me on this. I, it is very personal for the things they put me through, and I will, I will, I will go to bat for everybody else. Because I, I have stuff on them 
that if I drop it, it's game over. Pun and no pun intended. And it's but the Rogan podcast will be a huge platform to hopefully Hell yeah. raise awareness on this. And man, it doesn't have to be negative. It's just it, it, I want it to just change for the better. Like, look, this system is, you're taking advantage of guys and it, it's proven and everybody knows it. I, I've talked to talents there. They just go, man, needs to change. needs to change. It's not right. It's not right. It's not right. But you get the certain guys, they keep enough guys that make the money. They'll come out and no, everything's good. You know, we know, and, and everyone knows what they sign up for, but you're not allowed to if you don't sign that thing, or if you raise, like I said, my last one, I had the whole thing changed, which pissed them the f- off. I had the hotels and rental cars added in and whatnot. You can't just request, like they don't, they know if they give it to one guy, it's going to start giving, they're going to give it out to more guys. So yep. they try to control all of that. And it's really like, everyone does know what they sign up for, but you're not allowed to raise questions. And if you don't, you, you sacrifice this much time. You don't know till you get there either and realize we're like, whoa, hotels and rental cars and like all this. You don't know your cost until you get there and experience it. And then you realize like, oh, I didn't really make all that much money in the grand scheme of things for the amount of it's, but the gap and there's just, that's what I was talking about with like, and there's no, with a union or some sort of structure, it would hold them accountable. And also the, like, I, and I just talked to another guy about this. I used to raise questions on the live gates on, cause why would I, what was the attendance? Take the attendance down. And that way you kind of have an idea of what you should make. They don't like to give you those numbers. Everybody should be privy to all that information at all times. Of course, they don't. Yeah. I, dude, I've talked to guys that main evented and got paid uh, seven thousand dollars for a main event pay per view back during the pay per view era. By the way, when payouts and it is, and I've had pay per views main eventing where in twenty five, thirty, thirty five k, which is way less than a lot of talents prior. But we don't have a way to gauge that because it. But they've slowly lowered that. In, yeah. yeah and then they bring new guys. They, people wonder why they bring these new guys up because they could take advantage of them for a long time and pay them way even less than before and until people start figuring it out. But most of the time now, and they figure this out, hiring super fans as wrestlers, they really don't raise concerns. And it's and there's a whole pool of them. They can, and they've changed the structure of the business. It all ties in together to where it's just become learning moves where you don't have to be necessarily have psychology. And they have that gives them even a bigger talent pool now of guys which it people don't understand it's such when you just break it down and look at it there's a reason why they've done everything they've done from a business model well, well it's very much like a money ball thing mm-hmm. and that's how i look at it when i look at wwe like the performance center at the performance center in general it's like a yeah. giant money ball thing where they're yeah. like okay well how cheap can we get all these talented people in the door for you mm-hmm. know like, yeah. yeah it's no yeah, it's I, people don't man it's in that's why I just want people to be aware. Nobody's like asking for anything free or any, it, it's just a weird thing. And I, I think the one argument I see with people and they're just like, you should be so lucky to work for them. You're working for WWE. You get to travel the world. Blah, blah. It's just like, yeah, but you don't understand the, the, the real situation and the facts we're bringing up and the abuse that has gone on for so many years. And like, you don't know until I've, I'm so happy. I'm grateful. I've got to experience this, like getting a glimpse into old age and having the stem cells and seeing like it's the health insurance thing. Like it's real things that would help people if there was just some sort of union and protection for wrestlers. So they couldn't abuse their power because Ryan, every single wrestler knows they do everyone, every single one of them. And I I was so glad I was so glad you called out the Miz because that Miz interview pissed me off. And I, I I like the Miz too. 
And I like The Miz too. Yeah. But it was the most corporate like speak response. And I know that he can't say anything, but it was No, like, but you know that we that say that, nothing. but he can. He actually can. And that's the problem. Guys in that position don't have any balls. That's the and because what their 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 fame and money, their reasons for doing it. And I get it, he has a family and they want, but like the problem is, is if everybody, if every WWE superstar would have just shared that video and said, great, he may, he brings some great points. Thank you for putting that out. You don't have to say anything bad about WWE. It would have, things that would have got a whole lot more attention. But everybody knows, it's like Arian, Andrews, Cameron, when I did the pay thing, she put out the, she agreed with it. She was one public, I got a lot of texts that day from a lot of wrestlers thanking me for that. She publicly thanked me or agreed with it. Guess what happened to her? She got fired. Like, pretty quickly. It was, she was disposable. But that's what they had, they've created. Like, if you, so if you speak up or say anything, I don't knock Miz for saying that. He just didn't acknowledge any of the points in the video. He, and he has money. And he's, everything he said was true for him in that position and whatnot. But he's not looking at it from the talent. I'm looking at this for the other talents that the guys that helped made me who I was. Cause I was at a pretty good level there my entire time there. And I got experience and I worked at the top for a bit. And then I worked in the middle for a bit and I maybe even a little below that for a bit. And I saw my pay drastically change doing more work. I talked about this the other day. I did a UK tour for two weeks. It was one of our best ones housewise. We sold out almost every night and it was during the Rybaxel period. So this is kind of goes into why my whole thing on the pay. We had to do the John Cena refund match, Ryan, of uh, Cena didn't make the tour. I think he was hurt or something at that point. So we had to do a tag match with the Shield with uh, Roman and Dean. Uh, I mean, uh, Dean and Seth, I'm sorry. They, I believe they had the tag titles, possibly, or if it was a tag match. And uh, But it was an opening promo with Randy and Roman for the main event. They started the show. Shield out there, we came out, attacked them, turned into the, the tag match, opening match. Well, halfway through that tour, this is when I had my two torn groins. I couldn't even couldn't even walk, man. It was the most painful thing. Randy got hurt and couldn't work, couldn't work the main events. So me and Axel literally were working the main event, uh, a three on three tag match against the Shield. Me, uh, Axel, and Randy, in which I I was feeding for two comebacks in there for 25, 30 minutes every night, working main event matches, and I'd been paid for main event matches before. I made $13,000 for a 20-something day tour, the lowest I'd ever been paid uh, in my career there, main eventing for the, the a week and then doing the longest match probably on the card that night for the other half. Made no sense. I raised questions about that several times, and I was told, I literally was told, I was getting ready, that's when I came back as babyface Ryback, and I was told don't ask any more questions about this if I want, if I want things to, to kind of be all right. And that's what, wow. so, so what do you do in that position? That's Ugh. what people don't understand. The, that's it's bad. Like that's the, bad. The Jane Geddes phone call I have recorded. Dude, if you heard this, you would, your mind would be blown. Where they, they threatened my life. It might not, not my life, take that, my career. Into, yeah. <laughs> Change this. Let's really step this up. They, 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 I'm getting my main event push against CM Punk. So, and I had no money up to this point because they were keeping all my money. They, I had to, it was insane. I couldn't even afford to pay my bills up prior to this, by the way, because they were keeping all my money on the road. I was using cards, which people don't understand because it was from an injury. They were saying I owed them this money. It was, it was nuts. They finally switched me to a different deal. But, but Jane called, and of course she was instructed, but threatened my, my job and said, if I want 
to have pretty much essentially be able to live my dream and want to remain in good standing, I had to drop a multi-million dollar lawsuit against the doctor in Florida who had nothing to do with WWE. People don't understand the anger that I have because of that was it was my attorneys pleaded with me not to drop that because it was yeah. they had been working on it for the last year. It was an op- we had the doctor that fixed my leg to testify. Everything was locked and loaded. It was an open and shut case. I did that for an opportunity to live my dream and because I thought by doing the right thing, they would, because they were afraid they were going to get dragged into it, which they, the attorney, they weren't going to get dragged into it at all. That was their way of manipulating me because I would have had too much money and they didn't want me being, and they knew I already spoke my mind with the ankle stuff and I had to threaten them to keep my job. That was their way to control me. And then that's why they, they use, I told, talked about this before, that's why they used me the way they did. The, the minute my statute of limitations ran out, that's when they started with me in my career that's when all the losses came that's when vince when my merchandise was number two they literally pulled all my merchandise who do they who does that people it's to control the money so that way they i had to stay there and but that's why i started learning about investing because i realized they were going with my money i have to start making money in a different way with whatever i'm getting from them and it's so this is why it's so personal for me because i've experienced this at a very deep level of, of having yeah. a lot of like, and I've worked Clearly. very, and I don't care if people don't like me and I'm doing this. That's my motivation for me personally, selfishly for me, but to make this better. So no other wrestler ever has to go through this because everybody deals with it just on different levels there. That's a very extreme level. That was my personal experience. And it's, it, it, it angers me to this day, but it's what has driven me and fueled me to learn and use my brain so that nobody mm-hmm. could ever control me like that ever again and manipulate me. Cause it, Biggest mistake yeah. I ever made doing that. It was, I, I should have, I should have, but I always, they prey upon the dream of I yep. loved wrestling. And so when people hear the anger in my voice on things, it's from stuff like that. And it's. No, I can see the anger. Like we do this podcast, you know, almost every week now. And you're like the most chill dude. <laughs> and I can see you getting worked up angry just thinking about yeah. it. Well, that's why, no, no joke. Face, that's like, why Ryback, honestly. That is what put the anger in me at a whole other level, why Ryback worked. That was always in my head, the ankle situation with them firing me. Hunter, my favorite wrestler for many years, telling me he was going to pull the plug on me and then tried to fire me and lied to me. That, that lit a fire under my ass like no other. That's why that, that intensity on that worked for so long because I finally had some, an, uh, something to tap into to, to push me even harder on something because I was so furious. But, man, it's, it's very personal. It just – I. I just wish it doesn't need to be this way. It's no, a, it, it doesn't. It, it doesn't. That's what bothers no. me. Is it doesn't. It, like, it would affect other business. Uh, the industry is, would change. And what's frustrating to me is the, the the industry change thing is that like that's how that's how that's the modern day Carney situation of wrestling. You know, yeah. is that like Carnies are still technically running wrestling kind of. You know, like yeah. that's Carney move right there. Like like and 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 other entertainment mediums. Yes. They do prey on the dream, just yep. like wrestling does. But when you get to the top level, it's 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 not the top company in all of entertainment that that's doing that. It's the lower rung ones. Yeah. And WWE should be held to a different standard now. Well, there's They're top of the game, you know. Yeah, and people don't understand. They have government connections, Vince and Linda and Trump, and I don't want to get into all that. And they they have. If I ever go missing, it will 100% be tied back to them just to make that known. Like, I, I'm not even kidding. Like, it's no, but I, dude, I have fear. Like, I have so much anger in me for all of this that it's, I know what I'm up against with all of it. I just want them to do the right thing and treat humans better because I know for how they treated me personally and how 
I was able to take it and make myself mentally stronger. Not everyone w- would have been able to probably do that. It's, it just doesn't need to be that way. And uh, they would, I, I honestly think if AEW, if Cody and them in, in with con men, if they, if they just build a better environment than WWE people, you're still going to have guys that go to WWE cause that's what they want to do. That was always the dream. But they're going to lose so many talents, which is why they're trying to lock them down for longer five-year deals right now so yep. they don't have to deal with the problem right away. You're going to see a huge a huge influx of talent going there if they are treated treated better than this current system, which yeah, I, I and, hope— you know, And there's a rumor now that—well, not a rumor. There's a report out that, that they're close to signing the deal with TNT. So yep. they're going to have a weekly show on TNT, and I think it's, you know, my opinion, it's been locked down already. I don't think that it's close to signing. I'm I don't sure think they would have been spending the money on guys if they didn't have an idea that this stuff was already— Businessmen don't operate. They don't gamble like that. They nope. this stuff you don't was already announcers and and backstage interviewers. If you don't already have a TV show planned yeah. and already pretty much have a guarantee on it, and Jericho so, said it's the biggest contract of his career, probably per match wise or whatever it was. Like you don't just sign somebody like that to a contract and not really have an idea of what the it's they're going to have a great opportunity to really really change the game. And, yep force WWE to change if WWE doesn't want to do it. But like I said, it's all positive. I just want it just, just there, there's, you got to hold them accountable and they've been able to get away with it for so long. And you're going to always and, have and, those fans that, that don't understand, but. And look how many injuries there are. I mean, I have two injuries that I got the last before we get out of here is, you know, right now there's three pretty substantial injuries here. We've got, well, two substantial injuries. Uh, Nia Jax. Yeah. She's going to be out of action for like, probably a long time, like nine months to a year, probably um, she's got to get her ACLs repaired, both her ACLs repaired. That's big. Uh, like that's, those that's are big. big injuries. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, I mean, just dealing with one ACL tear is a lot to deal you with. You can't walk. Uh, she's going to have to probably be in a wheelchair or bedridden for quite a while. And then that process is very like, I wonder if that's almost if they do one and you got to wait to do the other, or if you just do them both like that's, I feel like you could do feel like you do one right you do one you got to give it a little time so that you could get on crutches because otherwise it's in a wheelchair but this isn't anything she's a a bigger girl too a lot of weight like that's in a legit like thing like putting stress on that like it's she's a nice sweetheart like i i that's i don't know that i I don't know if they do one and then give it you got to give it a few months so she might be out for quite a while i think that if i recall yeah, because like when I've seen like other wrestlers that have done dual things, I I, I could have sworn I've seen them do like one and they wait a few weeks and then they do the other or something like that. Yeah, because so, if you do yeah. two, it's great to go in and get both done and just say, F- let's go. But the the when you get a leg injury like that, like I'm telling because I know from my ankle, you're just – I was in bed. I was bedridden and I was able to get on crutches, but like in it, it, it was really difficult on with one leg. I can't imagine, you know – with two and then in like cleaning yourself it's a lot of stuff like it, it's yeah, she's gonna i feel for her like on that, that. I mean, that's are, a tough yeah, thing to go through a, that's a rough road i mean that's yeah. a really rough road i yeah. mean like i couldn't even imagine having to do with just one so yeah no. i i really hope that she uh man speedy i hope she doesn't recovery. rush anything yeah, yeah no speedy you, recovery for sure. she's not gonna um, be able to on that no no that's i feel like a year at least, at least. Yeah, the rehab on that is going to be brutal. Yeah, it's brutal yeah. for one that from everything I've seen with people, and um, that uh, my heart goes out to her for that because it's. But she was working hurt supposedly too. 
which people Spice. don't. And I've talked to people there too, man. That their arms are numb, they have neck injuries, and they can't say anything because they're afraid to lose the spot because the money goes down a little. Like it's yep. it's a real thing that. Well, I I had heard Naya the Naya thing two weeks before Mania. Yeah. People were telling me two weeks before. I, my I had hit it by a source, and I've been trying to confirm it with other sources for two weeks, and then finally I was like, you know what? All my sources aren't confirming because they're they don't want to like for WrestleMania. Yeah. So no, so uh, they're waiting for me. They're, so once WrestleMania was over, it was like and I and she wasn't wrestling, it was like, okay, let me try this again. Yeah. And then it was it, I was able to confirm that yeah, you know. So <sighs> yeah. And then also Big E. Big E's also dealing with an injury. Uh torn meniscus. Uh he's got yeah, he's got well, make he he tweeted like a haiku about his meniscus, but from what I heard, uh he's got to get his knee scoped. Uh, and so... Which isn't as serious, but uh, is that the? Because I actually tore um, something in my knee in a, remember with a Big Show match, and it's the side to side movement. You don't have to get it repaired, and it's totally fine now. Like Jericho doesn't have it either. He like I think he tore it early in his career or something. My leg was super unstable. I went for a splash on Big Show, and he caught me in a choke slam where I would like land on my knees. Ooh. on the way down and one day my leg buckled and I like did this weird I was like what like I almost fell over and Big Show was like whoa he's like I thought you were like completely shot and we finished they had to tape my leg up for for months to hold it because it was so unstable but I don't know what it was I can't remember if it's the MCL uh, it's, it was it's the one responsible for side to side it wasn't a PCL or ACL I know that uh-huh. but it's never been an issue ever since but True story, Big E. I actually text him. I didn't know he was hurt. And I text him uh, after SmackDown because I had it on. And you, I told him, this is pretty funny, at least to me. No, to nobody else probably. But when he does that little jig, because I'm always thinking of like words to get words over. And, yeah. and Big E, in the powerlifting community online, the, the word juicy is something a lot of powerlifters use. Like, I'm juicy. Okay. And I was like, okay. so I text him. And because I've texted him before, and we've always been on on good terms, and I just said, just an idea, take it or leave it. Uh, that when he, he does the little dance before the splash, <laughs> this is ridiculous. He does that little the, the little hip grind before the the, the goddamn splash. Yeah. I just said, I go maybe if you just use the word, just say the word juicy as you're doing it. But in my head, I pictured like the Kool Aid man, like juicy, like something ridiculous to get the people in because I felt yeah. like that could catch on with him. For, so uh-huh. he has his own little, he have a juicy shirt and Biggie's a juicy man. He has a lot of beef on him. And <laughs> so I said, I said, this message is either going to be completely awesome or really weird. And I just go, but just take it. I go, it popped in my head. I felt like sharing. And he goes, it's a little bit of both, a little bit of both. He goes, it's awesome. But he goes, it's also a little weird. And I just thumbs up it and left it at that. Take it, leave it. Anybody wants it? Juicy. <laughs> I've known I've I've gotten a few things over in my day. I think Juicy can get over with the right talent. I think it could. I think it could. I like it. It's all how you say it. He does the hip grind, and it's you know he has to he has to say it from the from his heart though. You just can't be like Juicy really. You got to really build it up for a big that juice out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let the juice loose. He's going. You know, just (laughs) (laughs) one of my best friends from high school. He, that's what he, he, his nickname for me is Juicy, and I, I, I don't even remember why, because he's called me that for so long, and I don't know, I don't even know why, so 
I super support the <laughs> movement. I'm super into it. This is what wrestlers do. They text ideas to each other. If you're not like, I can't use that. There's nothing I'm gonna do that's gonna that would fit with my character. But Big E, I feel like he, he they they can get away doing anything as the New Day. That I was like, man, get that word juicy you over. Splits? Huh? Did you see those splits that Big E did? No, he can do the splits. Oh. Oh my! Can Biggie do the split? I didn't oh, know I, this. I, I'm gonna send you the the video afterwards, or at least a screen grab, I, dude. He did a split. He did the splits on Raw and SmackDown this week. He did it on Raw in the slowest, like most beautiful fashion, <laughs> where he just slowly went down to the ground. Yeah. And, Stayed in the splits. Wow! And the the raw after Mania crowd was just going crazy, and he was just showing off his splits just in the middle of the ring. Everyone was going crazy. Uh, Mark Henry can do the splits too, actually. That's really yeah. Blues. I summed up. Blew my mind. I was just like, some people are just genetic. Like that guy is just genetically has been like just born bigger than everybody, stronger than everybody, and he can just genetically do the splits. Like it's just yeah. That's dunk great. a basketball. There's just some some things you just like, man. He he got it. He he's cool. That's <laughs> yeah. Mark Henry is definitely cool. There's no denying that. No, I love him. It's uh, it, it but it blew my mind when I saw that. I was like, okay, I get it. He's and the... <laughs> and then the last one because I got to get out of here. My girlfriend's gonna kill me because we got to watch. Game Sorry, uh, AJ Styles. He yes. is, uh, but his is not severe. Only he a hip a... thing, right? Hip thing. Only a hip thing. He should be back in no time. He's got some extra video game time for now, and then he'll be back. A little chiropractic, chiropractic work, a little time off, a little ice, a little heat. He'll be back in the game pretty soon. So, And that's, and I'm sure he'll enjoy the a little extra time off right after WrestleMania season. You Absolutely, know? yeah. No. Well, Ryan, uh, I'll let you get going here. Thank you very much. Anything you'd like to plug to, to wrap up this week? ProWrestlingSheet.com. That's the website. That's where you can find all the top stories throughout the week. You can follow us on social media. It's at WrestlingSheet. You can follow me. I'm at Ryan Satin. And uh, you can follow my – if you want to listen to uh, the Raw and SmackDown recaps that I do, you just search Wrestling Sheet Radio on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also check out Wrestling Sheet Radio where we do uh, – we talk about all the top stories of the week. Uh, that's on our YouTube channel as well, YouTube.com slash C slash Wrestling Sheet. Good deal. Well, Ryan, thank you very much. And guys, we'll be right back after these messages. Hey, what's going on, guys? It's the big guy, Ryback. And I want to talk to you about Fuel Meals, my personal meal prep service I've been using for years. Meal prep at your doorstep. Fuel Meals at FuelMeals.com has something for everybody. An easy way to eat healthy in this fast-paced life we are all living. Whenever I'm in a pinch, I go to my Fuel Meals and I love it. I love to eat real food, but the fact is I can't cook for every single meal of the day. So Fuel Meals come in handy for me when I need it most, and I think it could help you too. Tell them the big guy sent you and use discount code THEBIGGUY to save 15%. FuelMeals.com. Feed. Me. More. It's the big guy Ryback with Feed Me More Nutrition, and I just wanted to say thank you guys for another great year. We started the brand with three supplements, and we're now getting ready to release our seventh supplement, our 10-count creatine. We just released our GTS Go to Sleep High-Powered Sleep Aid, so if you have a difficult time falling asleep or staying asleep, check out our all-natural GTS Sleep Aid, available on FeedMeMore.com and Amazon. Speaking of FeedMeMore.com, we have all new domestic shipping rates. No shipping over $9.99 domestically anymore. 
with rates as low as $4.99. We want to be more competitive, and as a thank you guys for being loyal customers, offer you the best shipping rates we possibly can. So if you guys haven't checked out Feed Me More Nutrition, now's your chance. We are a premium all-natural supplement company that gives you safe, natural formulas that get results. FeedMeMore.com and Amazon. Get hungry. Stay hungry. Feed. Me. More. All right. <clears throat> We're back here. I'm back, I should say. I'd like to thank... Kui Palani Brown for coming on and uh, giving us a little flight etiquette, talking flying, what the flight attendants go through, and Ryan Satin for joining me uh, with another great wrestling report. It's uh, I dig talking to him and getting caught up for the week on what's going on. So make sure you give him a follow on all his other on his uh, Instagram there and Twitter, and and listen to his other shows there on the Raw and SmackDown recap. With that, like a shout out also to Wiretap Radio. We are, we are now partnered with Wiretap Radio. They are also on, I'm making sure I got this here, the Wrestling Classic on Instagram, Wiretap Radio on Twitter and Instagram. That's W-Y-R-E Tap Radio. And uh, they're actually getting ready to launch an app here uh, very shortly and uh, have got some other podcasts joining on. So it's uh, good as we continue to grow and evolve here over at Conversation with the Big Guy Ryback. And uh, also a wrestling historian, uh, Larry Francis, thank you very much uh, for always helping out on the interviews and reaching out to people. And as I talked about there, we're, we're trying to work on getting John Oliver on the show here and uh, just having a very positive discussion about all this, kind of what last week, talking about it. And um, I think it's, it's, he's to be commended uh, for putting out that piece. And I know they have writers and they did their homework and it was like, as I've said, it, it was very accurate, and uh, somebody has to do something, and uh, I've expressed my motivations on this to you guys, and um, it's, uh, I know not everybody understands it, but it's, uh, I truly do care, so I think people, and you get people that say you just want attention, I'm not getting anything out of this. If anything, it, it, it's like I talked about with, with their connections and things. It's, uh, it's why a lot of people probably don't say anything, um, but I, I truly believe in this and uh, that there's just a better way and having that discussion is not a bad thing. That is why I you know, appreciate anybody who's shared that video, shared that podcast last week with John Oliver. Uh, it means a lot and uh, I think change will happen eventually, but we just got to keep talking about it and it's, uh, we can't let it go away. And that's, that's all there is to it on that. Uh, shout out also to Real Good Foods. You can save 15% with discount code Ryback on realgoodfoods.com. I actually just had their breakfast sandwiches. They were amazing. And their new, their new poppers. I had the bacon and cheddar poppers. And they are, they've improved them um, a lot from the last round of poppers that they had. So if you had the poppers and maybe weren't necessarily uh, fond of them, I, I liked the originals personally, but they're even better now. So they've done a good job uh, of maybe getting some feedback on those and improving those. And obviously their pizzas, they have the low carb pizzas and enchiladas. They're all, the, the pizza and enchiladas are my two personal favorites. Um, the, I, the chicken enchiladas, beef are great too. The chicken enchiladas and the, um, and the pepperoni pizza are probably my, my top two favorites there, but 
Real good foods. You can go there, 15% with discount code Ryback, and also uh, Fuel Meals, as we have on the commercial. You could save 15% with them with discount code the big guy on fuelmeals.com. And I'm always posting things on those on, on social media, and we have the, the commercial on the podcast as well for that. But I'd like to get into my tips of the week here for everybody on Patreon. Thank you for following and supporting the show on patreon.com slash Ryback. Go ahead and wrap up this week's show. I'm, uh, I don't know if we're going to do J.D. and Joe next week, or we may uh, maybe bring in on Jesse White, Vader's son, to talk about Vader's book that is uh, getting ready to come out. They're actually sending a copy over here. Uh, I'll have it Monday or Tuesday, and going to try to get that read before I get Jesse on. So we will either get him on for next week or the following week and uh, to discuss his dad. And uh, Jesse's a great guy. And uh, I, I knew him down from FCW down there. So it will uh, be exciting to get him on talk and talk to him. But with that, go ahead and wrap up the show. The few plugs, guys, for all fan mail. P.O. Box 752740, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89136. This show, patreon.com slash Ryback for the tips of the week on there. Feed Me More Nutrition available on Amazon and feedmemore.com. Guys, if your reviews are greatly appreciated on Amazon, and uh, if you like the supplements, ask if you could please leave a positive review on there um, for as many of the supplements that you've tried and like. It, uh, it really, really helps. For personal video shout-outs from myself, cameo.com slash Ryback. Professional wrestling uh, bookings, appearances, signings, comic cons, uh, book the big guy at yahoo.com or showbiz at aol.com uh, for Bill Barron's on that. Wake Up, It's Feeding Time, my motivational book, available on Amazon and paperback audible in Kindle formats. Fuel Meals, we've already mentioned, fuelmeals.com. Save 15% with discount code the big guy. And you can follow us on social media. Subscribe on youtube.com slash channel at CWTBG, at Ryback22, and at FMM Nutrition on Twitter, at Feed Me More Nutrition on Facebook. The Big Guy, Ryback22, Feed Me More Nutrition, and Conversation with the Big Guy on Instagram, Ryback247 on Snapchat. Thank you guys for listening. You have just listened to another episode of Conversation with the Big Guy, Ryback. Feed me more. with the big guy Ryback. Subscribe, like, rate, comment, and